Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. to the Spent the Rent podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is a longtime Eugene resident now living in Houston, Texas, which we'll talk about. Uh, let's see, you are an actor, screenwriter, comedian, rapper, Samson Ray Simon. Samson, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much for having me. How you doing? Yeah, so we mentioned, I mentioned that you're an actor, screenwriter, comedian, rapper. So how do you actually, uh, what is your real job? No, I'm just, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, we're going to talk today a lot about, about uh, just, you know, COVID and the effects on an independent content creator and, you know, how everything's going. Before we talk about who you are, let's talk about where you are. Uh, first of all, you know, a lot of the people, a lot of my audience will know you from your time living in Eugene. But currently, you were living in Houston, Texas, and uh, so we didn't really know when we had planned this what you would be dealing with. Not necessarily you specifically. Uh, talk a little bit about that. You were without power for two days because of this, you know, massive storm. Talk yeah, two and a half days. Um, I, I uh, basically what happened was it was a series of things that happened. The first thing that happened was the pipes burst. And then, you know, that was like, cause we didn't even see it coming. You know what I mean? And the insulation and the, and the, and the pipes, normally if it happened in Eugene, everything's insulated up there. So you wouldn't, wouldn't think about it. Uh, yeah, the bathroom caved in. Uh, and then by the time we got done dealing with that, then, uh, you know, uh, the greater state of Texas got hit with a, a way more massive. We were just getting snow. It wasn't too bad. But we were just getting snow, but they, in order to conserve power, apparently, and to conserve the natural gas for the rest of the state that was going through a harder situation, they cut off um, power here in, in this area that I'm at and like the Greens Point area first. And we were also like the last ones to get it back uh, in Texas, in Houston, anyways, not yeah. in the rest of Texas. But when uh, you say the pipes broke, I mean, is, is it, it's the whole structure? I mean, it, you, in your house, you said that your bathroom caved in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. We had and then we had another we had another breakage, and then after that, the actual like the city pipes broke. So uh, then the water got contaminated, and then um, there, there was that whole issue. What a but uh, that's that's something we're still dealing with, and honestly, it's not the first time that's happened. Every time there's a hurricane or a flood, it seems like one of the pipes messes up and the water gets contaminated. They just do the bare minimum. To fix it, hold it over, put a bandaid on it kind of. And that's, that's, wow. uh, that's what you get. Yeah, you had posted on Facebook. How did you word it? You said, uh, 
Hey, uh, thanks. Was it Ted Cruz? Ted Cruz. You're yeah, like, I was talking to. I was referring to Ted, Ted Cruz for turning Texas blue. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of Ted, well, Cruz, speaking of Ted Cruz, how many how many people or what is the de- desire to body slam Ted Cruz look like right now? I'm sure that <laughs> it's in the, uh, in, in this area. Yeah. It's in the it's in the top like 99 percentile. I mean, there are people. There's a year year uh, every once in a while you get one of your QAnon people or whatever that's like. It's Alexandria Ocasio Cortez or whatever. She's on her way over here right now, which is weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for the most part, everybody's like Ted Cruz. You feel, there's, there's Republicans are asking him to resign right now. People yeah. are pissed. Yeah, because if yeah, anybody listening isn't aware, Ted Cruz, the senator uh, from Texas, uh, decided it was a good idea to just skip town. You know, when everybody was basically camping inside their own houses with no heat, no water, and so he tried to go to Cancun and. It didn't go well publicly. And then his response to it was like, yeah, I shit the bed. Like, I just, I'm not very good. Yeah. At you know, that was kind of what he said. So uh, after he threw his daughters under the bus and, and his yeah. wife and, you yeah. know. Yeah, he's not, a, that was he's nice. not scoring very many points. And he was surprisingly in a state like Texas, you know, there's been a lot of talk about it turning purple. But in a state like Texas, Ted Cruz was was very fortunate to narrowly win his seat a few a few years back that is so, that is true that is true and that career, was not even his career that was a midterm yeah yeah so, so anyway we're not here to talk about that too much uh yeah. you know i'm glad that you've got your power back and i'm glad that the heats are you know the heat's starting to the weather's starting to settle down or whatnot yeah but, uh, thank you there's a lot of people that are really struggling so our hearts go out to them absolutely so you know the reason we had you on today is you had messaged me and we're talking about hey you know I want to come on and talk about uh, performers, content creators struggling to make money during COVID. Uh, I know that uh, there's other issues, even if you make content, because with YouTube and Facebook doing episodes of of things or doing music videos or whatnot, if it's about COVID, sometimes it can get flagged, but that's a whole different Mm -hmm. issue. But talk to me a little Mm -hmm. bit about what was on your mind when you had reached out to me about, uh, you know, being an artist, being a content creator and and how this covid situation with the lockdowns has affected what you do um well let me first off say that i'm not the most like out of every out of all the artists that i know i'm certainly not the most affected by the situation I, I know that there's uh stand-up comics you know i remember there was a part like a lot of them are traveling or whatever and that's the way they're they're getting around it um to to states and areas where the, it's more lax and lenient uh sometimes that's dangerous but there are performers out there, rock bands, stuff like that, that like they don't make any money off of, um, you know, off of cl- off of clicks, off of uh, off the plays. I mean, you used to uh, streaming has taken over. You, I mean, like there was a little gap there where because we, we used to be physical media, and I'm sure you were, you know, uh, that was you were around for that, of course. Oh yeah, I, I definitely. CDs, and- CDs. I have CDs. They're now called coasters. <laughs> yeah but it's like it's tough because you can't nobody wants to purchase a song they just want to play it on spotify or youtube or whatever which is fine you know itunes or whatever but most of your money then comes from live shows and if you're a musician or if you're uh even if you're an actor to a certain extent um everything there people are cat people are writing stuff where the crews are smaller so if you're a crew, if you're even if you're below the line, if you're somebody that does uh, PA work, 
those crews are getting cut in half. Right. They're, they're keeping it as minimal as possible. So there are a lot of people out of work right now that, you know, uh, don't have any other alternative source of income. And it can be depressing. And it could it could be uh, if you're a person that's used to being very collaborative, it's like me. Um, it kind of you kind of feel like um, you're planning for no reason, or you're planning for something that you're not sure is ever going to come about, or you don't know if your trajectory is going to hit the suggested date. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like there's, there's 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 artists right now that have albums done. Like Lady Gaga has her album done. Like there's artists that already had it done. They were like, I think it would be disingenuous to fans. They want to say this, honestly, BS about like, I oh, I just want to hold it out for the fans. Let's be honest. They want to hold it out until they can actually do shows sure. because then they can, you know, it's an advertisement. So you've is. done so a I lot mean, of, you've done a lot of, uh, you know, different types of performances, uh, you know, doing rapping, or rapping yeah. and hip hop shows was probably the big one, right? But you've also done mm-hmm. a lot of work uh, as a screenwriter and an actor. And, yeah. you know, when you had messaged me, you had talked about how writing, you have kind of found burnout. So were you talking about the hip hop music or were you talking about the screenwriting? Are you still kind of able to find your zone for writing that? Because when you write a screenplay in the beginning, there's probably not even a target date. You know, you're just kind of working to get that creative release so have you found it to be easier to write uh for film than it is to write for music i gotta be honest with you um well the as far as the hip-hop it's they coincide in a way right and it's changed for me with screenwriting in the sense that ever since we did we need rent money i found it hard to really look at a project seriously that i don't think that we can shoot like if i if i'm gonna write something you know, it's not going to be a big budget sci-fi, you know, whatever, a high concept thing like I used to whenever I was younger. So I was like, oh, I'd love to see this. But like, who's going to produce that? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to produce a spec script that costs $280 million from a first time screenwriter? So I don't write that type of stuff anymore. Um, as far as comedies, I try to write stuff that I know that I can shoot. But even then... I'm not going to embark on something like that right now. And it's for the same reason I would not write music right now because there's, it's pointless. <laughs> you know, it's because I, if I can't tour, there's no financial gain in it. And it's way, it's a really waste of time, like on a financial level. And I know there's people that do, I, I love it for the, it's a love of the game and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But I, I can't, I don't have the luxury of looking at it like that. You know what I mean? I, right. I can't, uh, I can't do that. So, so you, you uh, I have to go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, I look at like the, my stuff that I try to write now is like there's three people in the sketch. If it's a it's a sketch comedy because uh, you can shoot a sketch and not have the reoccurring cast. You don't have to get people back on the same date in the same location and re- do reshoots and all this stuff. You shoot it in one day with three people with a broken down crew, and you can shoot that type of stuff right now. But like stuff that's like I'm gonna shoot a screenplay right now. I that I can't. I don't know what time we're gonna be able to do that. So that would burn me out just as much as writing a, an album. Right, and then like you know the safety of of uh, social distancing and all that stuff. It's just I'm sure it's difficult to organize. I know. Uh, side note, but I know in California, uh, restaurants. I've heard this numerous times. 
restaurants, you know, Gavin Newsom is definitely enemy, public enemy number one to almost yeah. everyone because restaurants were allowed to or were shut down. But if movie sets and we're talking big movie sets, movie sets mm-hmm. were allowed to continue to be open. So I've, I've heard about people that have found a, a loophole. And so when you go to eat there, you basically are signed up as being an actor so that they can just stay open. <laughs> and I mean, it's just crazy stuff that we have to, to be doing. I know that back in the day when we were doing shows at the Black Forest and the cigarette smoking ban went into effect in in person or in the show, in the in the bar, uh, we found a loophole that as long as you were a performer, then you could uh. you could smoke cigarettes on stage. So we we charged, <laughs> we charged people to become a performer and gave them stickers <laughs> that said performer, and then they would smoke cigarettes on stage while we were performing. It was pretty funny, but. Uh, anyway, so you had mentioned we need rent money. So if uh, if you're listening to this and you're unfamiliar, we need rent money is an upcoming film that's made in the Eugene Springfield area. Uh, it's the brainchild of director and writer Blake Leitner. Blake has been a guest on the podcast. Uh, he's he's a very interesting dude. I'm I'm really impressed with his passion and drive for this project. It's definitely been derailed for multiple reasons for the time being. Uh, but you are the lead actor in this movie. It's a comedy. Yeah, and, I and when he, it as well. When I started seeing promotion about this, uh, we need rent money. I thought, how fitting for the spent the rent podcast. <laughs> yeah. We need rent money. So if anybody's listening and, and didn't uh, tune into the episode I did with Blake, you know you can find that one on on Facebook and YouTube, and then listen on any uh, major streaming site to the audio version. And it's a good interview. You know, we talk about how this project came to be, but man, that was, that was, I don't know, six months ago or something. And it's, Oh, oh my God, it, really? It's got, I don't know. Who knows? Oh I man, I don't know. What is time? I have no concept of time anymore, but, <laughs> but uh, I do know that it is seeing more and more promotion from him about it. Uh, is there a target date on when you feel like, you know, the public will be able to see this? I know there's a teaser now, but what's going on with that? Well, I know that, uh, the uh, situation was um, the, the original trajectory was like the April area because we were uh, the ideal. The ideal date was like we want to do 420, 420, and then we're like, okay, we got to look at it. Like, okay, what's actually open in 420? Like, are are theaters open massively? No, like not not to that capacity, not not to a capacity for a premiere, or certainly not for you know distribution uh, to the the masses but and like that would have to be done through independent theaters so we're looking at this point for opportunities to uh maybe possibly project it into a drive-in theater i know that there's one uh, there's, there's multiple in the oregon area now there is and i think they're becoming more increasingly common given the current situation but um yeah we're basically just uh looking for opportunities to uh find places to show it that can meet the capacity. I know uh, one of the places that we shot it at was uh, Old Nick's Pub. And I guess they're doing uh, projections on the side of their building right now in, in Eugene, uh, where they're showing movies. Uh, maybe we could get a, a hold of them. I, I'm uh, I'm hopeful that by the time that it's finished, it will at the very latest be like the fall area, you know, right. like September, October, November. You know, but ultimately, it's it's a weird thing. You know, it's kind of like it's 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 like you see these Hollywood pictures that are going like, 
okay, Fast and Furious, and then they push it back, and then they push it back again, and then it now there's this thing with like Black Widow and, and Fast Nine or whatever, and they're like, who's gonna move first? Because you know somebody's gonna move, you know, because you don't want to be the one that that opens up and gets hit in the teeth like like that Tenant movie. Right. You know, because they really t- and then, you know, because of that, the shareholders were upset. And then now you, you got all the all their movies are on HBO Max. And then, right. now and then because of that, they made the artists upset. So you're trying to find a balance where you, you want everybody that worked on the film to be able to see it in the way that they thought was kind of appropriate. I don't think anybody that worked on the film would be terribly, terribly upset if we released it in a drive-in theater rather than in a, in a, you know, in a, a like socially a, distanced. Like in the Bijou, you know, cause I mean, it's going to be in places like the Bijou in Eugene, Oregon yeah. is, is where you would ideally get that independent film scene. You know, you've been Absolutely. very vocal against the concept of an HBO max, uh, you know, because yeah. you're fearful and you can speak on this, but from what I've gathered, you're kind of fearful that the future of film it just is yet another example of how it squashes the little guy because independent stuff is not going to be shown quite a bit on a, on a platform like HBO max speak on that and talk about what your fears are of the changing film industry. Yeah. I I feel that it's a complex issue. I'm not against an HBO max outright. Uh, I think that there's something that's made for it, like something like Snyder cut, like uh, you know, that's four hours, probably better for HBO max, obviously series, a series great for HBO max. After something has its uh, theatrical distribution run, HBO Max for sure. But trying to dump all the films on a streaming service day in, day is going to kill the uh, – two of the major theater chains uh, have already filed for, you know, reorganizing, I think, Chapter 13 bankruptcy. And AMC almost did, but, of course, there was the the Wall Street bets situation that kind of bailed them out. Um, so they're, they're probably going to be able to bounce back. Um, but I mean, if you take all those out, ultimately what's going to happen, because last year they got rid of one of the rules, which was the paramount decree, like the, um, I forget what the actual lawsuit was called that, that created this rule, but there was a, there was basically a rule that stopped, uh, studios from being able to have distribution platforms for their films. So you had to have a third party, a tertiary, like AMC, Cinemark, uh, Regal to, show your films and now that's not a thing so really if what happens is that that they if enough of these companies start releasing their stuff day in and date and using covid as a excuse and there's nobody left standing except for independent theaters who really will not be able to negotiate a fair price with these films what you're going to be left with is a disney mall with a with a with a disney uh movie theater in it and a Warner a Warner Brothers AT&T mall with a with a Warner Brothers you know you know or whatever a Warner Brothers theater and they'll only show their own theaters and then all those A24 type you know medium sized films will not exist anymore all the smaller films will get pushed straight onto streaming and it will completely concave everything to where th- there will be no economic mobility for creators in the film industry, I think. And that, I, I think, is really harmful. And it it's, it's a monopoly, you know, right. in my opinion. I would hope, I mean, and this is obviously difficult with COVID. So we're going to assume things are normal with that. Yeah. I would hope that maybe this would make a rise for smaller theaters. 
you know, maybe if there's not the, if the big theaters want to, you know, shoot themselves in the foot basically by, or the, not the big theaters, the film industry wants to shoot the, the big theaters in the foot, you know, by, yeah. by releasing it, um, you know, in a streaming service, hopefully that would rate because people want the experience, especially post COVID, they're going to want the experience of going out to a film, True. you know? True. So, so we'll see. I mean, there's places like David Minor theater in Eugene and then the Bijou and the Bijou Metro, you know, that, or I think it's just the Metro now, but the, yeah, that those places, you know, there's a certain demographic that that's definitely what they, uh, that that's what they prefer because like me, I'm not really into this thrill ride type film. I'm not big into superhero movies you know, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So I don't really want to go for this epic, huge, massive thing. So hopefully there is a silver lining to this, that if a lot of the theaters close with the massive films, maybe they'll stop making those films, <laughs> you know, as much. Uh, well, or they can just they won't be able same. to make as many of them. That's for sure. Right, they, won't, yeah. they won't be able to financially do it. So you, but, have, experience, uh, you have experience in many different forms of entertainment, uh, you know, most notably rapping. You've changed names. Uh, you used to go by Machinator. And yeah. uh, I always used to joke when I was doing shows back in the day, we talked about this a little last night, that mm -hmm. when I would talk to, to Joey Helpish at the time, he was going by Uncle Nancy and he would, he would be booking a show and he'd be like, hey, do you, you want to play with these guys? And I had a rule against doing shows with anyone with the name Mac in their name. Uh -huh. And it's funny because <laughs> now that I've gotten to talk to, I've had Mac Dub on my show and I had this just uh -huh. stupid uh, bias about it. Mac Dub, is an, he's an awesome human being. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. talking sure. to you and then shout out to Mac Nut. There's a few local, yeah, yeah, but it was great. just something I used to joke about. Talk a yeah. little bit about uh, some of your days as Machinator in Eugene, Oregon, doing hip hop shows. Uh, yeah, it was pretty chaotic. I mean, I, I really didn't start to make money at it until I did raves. <laughs> Whenever I started rapping at raves, but, um, you know, 50 bucks here and there, 30, 30 to eight bucks. Uh, that's enough to buy some cigarettes and you know and whatever slimy garbage we were drinking at that time four locos whatever kids were into but um yeah no i'm you know they get drink tickets but um it, it was uh fun it was uh not carefree i would say because it, it, not a lot of people wanted to book a hip-hop show it, it yeah. seemed like one in every 10 hip-hop shows had some kind of violent machismo garbage attached to it. So I kind of understand in retrospect, but at the time I was very frustrated that nobody wanted to, Black Forest was, was a huge help. Diablos used to uh, help us play. Samurai Duck, whenever they were open, they had open mic. Absolutely. So of course I got my head smashed through a plate glass window. I think that was the kind of the last drop. But anyways, regardless of that, um, it's a lot of fun. I, I had a, I had a time uh, rapping with a group called IBMCs. I, I found uh, my homeboy Snake Peters on MySpace. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we and then uh, joined that group with Elijah Muhammad and, and Word Is and uh, 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 King Prop. And then uh, then I was in a group with uh, Dat Dude, rest in peace, uh, called Grimeside. And that was, uh, yeah, the, the, we we put out a self titled album, Grimeside. And that, yeah, that, 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 that was fairly successful. But like I said, uh, they let us play at the Veterans Hall. Uh, they, they let us play at some other joints and, and paid us or whatever. But for the most part, because nobody wanted to book us, we kind of had to branch out into other genres. And 
play, you know, some of those CD music festivals in other areas, like in the Salem area or in the Corvallis area, or we had to open up in a poetry shop, you know, there was like a, there would be like one of those, what are those called, like spoken word, you know, things, and then we'd be like, okay, I guess we're opening oh, up for the spoken word. Like an open mic, almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it yeah, was like, I mean, and they, you got to get your name out there Flash. somehow. And those are actually kind of fun. Yeah. Which I, I always enjoyed kind those of fun. genre stuff, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, me too. I know, I know doing shows, hip hop shows back in the day. One of the things that the venue uh, people would always talk about, they're like, just make sure that our bathroom doesn't get like spray painted, <laughs> you know, in the bathroom. Oh yeah. Get tags like crazy. And it always felt <sighs> kind of tacky for us. Cause we would literally get on the mic and be like, okay guys, can you please not tag stuff, you know, to our audience? Yeah. Like world flavors. We, we used to do shows at world flavors. I don't know if world flavors yeah. still exists. No, like, no. Just right down by the, the LTD bus station. And yeah. we would do a lot of shows there. And, and, you know, we, when I was doing shows in different uh, iterations, we kind of ruined a lot of it in Eugene hip hop. And I, I apologize to all the artists because we only wanted to do free shows at a point we were like let's just do free shows oh. i know i know and <laughs> a lot of people got real mad you know at least no cover charge you know that was kind of a thing that we were like let's not charge a cover and i'm not saying that was the right move that was just kind of what we did back then and then we would work something out with the the venue if there was alcohol but then with alcohol that's not all ages and that was always an issue you know back in the day the kids True. wanted to go to hip-hop shows and it wasn't yeah. all ages so if you would pack it but then if you pack it, there's no uh, revenue stream because there's no alcohol. And so it, yeah. was, it was always difficult. But yeah. so another thing you've done in entertainment is backyard wrestling. This is this is what I, I want to hear about this. This is the highlight of the show. Tell me about <laughs> your experience with wrestling and your character name and all that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, OK. It's funny because that leads into the hip hop thing. Before I was doing hip hop, r really, you know, before I leaned heavily into it, because I, I trained in music and stuff, but I never really I, I got my name Machinator from my, my finishing move in, in backyard wrestling and then and in professional wrestling. I used to wrestle in Myrtle Creek and something called TCW, which was trampoline championship wrestling. Oh and, you know, we hit, hit each other with barbed wire bats and. And, and like uh, we like take off metal doors off the shed and like set them on like burn barrels and like smash each other off the roof through them. And and, uh, you know, that type of stuff, doing backflips off the house and just just dumb, really dumb, uh, irresponsible stuff that uh, on multiple occasions got me injured, but made me into the stuntman I am today. Uh, but, yeah, I, I went from Mackie D. Daddy in Backyard Wrestling and a power pit wrestling also in Canyonville to, uh, to, to my finishing move was the Machinator where I, I had, I had, you know, it was like the walls of Jericho, but I had my knee in their back and I was like, ah, a Machinator. And, and then, so, uh, I went from that and I used that as my rap name in, in, in hip hop. And so I just kind of, it, that was a, tr a kind of a smooth transition. Not, so basically, what, basically, what you're saying is that that's something that you have in common with the insane clown posse is that you started in, you started in wrestling, and then you got into hip hop. So you can be proud of that. Um, I never thought of it like that. That's it's weird. not something you should be proud of. Uh, so no, but the, <laughs> the the wrestling thing I think is awesome. How in Canyonville and Myrtle Beach, Oregon, Myrtle Creek, Myrtle Creek, Myrtle Creek, Myrtle Beach, yeah. Myrtle Beach is a, whatever. Myrtle Beach is an actual destination. 
so <laughs> tell me about those shows. I mean, was it was it was there a uh, an audience? You know, yeah, for it? yeah. The, the, like later on, later on, like I remember, well, it, it got like whenever it got to be big, it got frustrating because in the beginning it was like a show that we would shoot, and it was kind of more like like a like a um. I don't know. It was like a broadcast that we would show people later. That was like on a, you know, DVD tape. It was, on, tape it was on HBO it on Max, TV. right? <laughs> it was on the streaming. Yeah. And I was like, this is ruining the theatrical experience of DCW. But no, um, I, I, it needs to be an eight millimeter or whatever. Uh, but uh, no, we had it. We had it like uh, it was just a tape, and then we'd show people later, and they'd be like, oh, okay. And then people started to get hip to it. And then all of a sudden we had an audience, but then whenever, whenever we, had, we had the audience and there was like, I don't know, like all the, all the, all the kids in that neighborhood and in the area, sometimes people would drive across town, still would only be like 20 people. Cause that was like a small town until it was like power pit wrestling, which was like the, the, you know, that actually had a ring and not, we weren't like, you know, we weren't using a trampoline and we're like, bam, ah, this hurts. But, uh, with the backyard wrestling thing, it got frustrating because whenever we got the audience, the things were the narrative that we 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 planned to have was not necessarily what would would happen. So we'd be like, "I'm the heel, I'm the bad guy, and I'm gonna come in, and people are gonna be like, boo, but they might not. They might be like, do the Macinator, Macinator, you know, Mackie right. D, Daddy, and I'd be like, shut up." Wait, you're telling me that the results, so the outcomes of the events were staged? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's, yeah. That's a disappointment, I have to admit. Oh, man. That, you just, oh, man. That's the part that makes it weird. No. Oh. Huh. So, so, you know, you talked about stunts, and I think that, that it would be cool to talk about that a little bit. So in, in the movie We Need Rent Money, you did all your own stunts. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. Without any spoilers, what can you tell us uh, you've done so far uh, as a as a quote unquote stunt man? What are some of in the, the, the in the movie uh, or just in general? Just in general, I guess. I don't want to really spoil the movie. So okay, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to not. Uh, I, 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 okay, I'll put it. I'll put it like this. I'll tell you about some stunts that I did before the movie, and um, I'll say that I did something far beyond that in the movie okay, okay. Uh, there, there was a there was a um in 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 tcw i i jumped out of a uh of a truck into thorn bushes and i'll say that that was safer than what i did and in, in we need to rent money uh yeah. that's one stunt uh there was a time where i got kicked off of a bridge into some water and that was safer than what I did in Re We Need Rent Money. Yeah. Um, the there was a <laughs> there there are times that I uh, I did a backflip off of a fence onto the trampoline. That was safer than something I did in We Need Rent Money. There 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 are uh, I got injured three times. I want to say three times. Uh, one time it wasn't even something I would consider it a stunt. It just kind of happened or whatever, but yeah. Um, it, it, I, I'll say this, um, people are going to be kind of, kind of shocked that we did not have insurance or that we didn't, 
we didn't wait should i say that I, it's too late now <laughs> we i signed a form all right i signed a form it's completely legal i you know i, I nobody's responsible if i whatever um i do it for the team i do it for the love of the well, game and 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 you know there's no real money to sue for so so <laughs> true so, you know, We Need Rent Money is a film that that I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait to see the finished product. I'm I'm loving watching uh everybody, you know, you and Blake promote this and and uh also Matthew Hewlett uh and then Jeremy Ferguson, you yeah. know, that that you guys are all those guys filmed it and are editing it. Uh Yeah, Team you know. Awesome, that's Jeremy and Matthew. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people involved with it. And I think it's really cool and it's a huge undertaking and it sucks. Uh it's just one of the things that COVID has disrupted. Uh, but I just I just wanted to keep it, I wanted to bring you on to keep it on people's minds that this film film is coming and that it's it gonna is. be awesome. And yeah. I'll make sure to tag uh the We Need Rent Money Facebook page in the show notes of this. Uh if you're listening and you want to, you know, see more, there's a teaser trailer that's out now. That people can check out uh you know your character is you're one of the main characters and it's basically a stoner comedy about three roommates that that find out that they are short on rent you know pretty simple and yeah yeah that's kind of the, what i've understood and and i've yeah. also heard that the story is is it goes very you know odd places so so I'm, I'm looking forward partially, to it. partially based off of a true story like it's some of the stuff is stuff that i went through in real life i i can't I don't, on one hand, I don't want to give away anything, so I'm not going to go into it. On the other hand, I don't want to incriminate myself. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. So now, in the meantime, uh, you had talked a little bit about, you know, struggling to find motivation with COVID, with isolation, quarantine, whatever you want to call it. What do you do to find motivation to write? Uh, it starts off with me being realistic about what I'm, what I'm actually going to be able to use like right i have to i have i have to go like regardless of whatever happens with covid in the next year if i write this piece can i shoot it if i if i make some music or whatever it is it going to be viable as a as something i've been able to do music for the film i um i've been working on the soundtrack a little bit that makes sense to me because it's to promote the film and uh you gotta have a soundtrack for the film and so that's not been a problem for me but it, it, it i get burned out really quickly whenever i feel like i'm working for no reason you yeah. know what i mean sure. I, i'm past the age like whenever i remember whenever i was younger i, I used to no i had an album called well not album but what a mixtape called freestyle for a dollar we literally burned cds and with, with freestyles on them and, and sell them on the street corner for a dollar. And if we ran out of CDs, we would literally just freestyle and people throw money in a hat. Like sure. I can't do that anymore. And it's not just because of COVID it's because I, it's ass enough. Fun during the time. I know that we would do yeah. the same thing. We would, you know, make our little DIY uh, mixtape and then sell it at the bar not, in my early twenties, you know, for seven, sometimes seven bucks is what we would yeah. pay, like six, seven bucks. And they cost about a dollar to make. And so it was, mm -hmm. it was just a lot of fun too. And it gave you yeah. an icebreaker and I never had any illusion that my music was going to get big, but it was, it was definitely fun to kind of live in that illusion though a little bit. Yeah. Like you knew, you knew in the back of your mind, you're like, I know what, what I'm doing is a hobby. 
but at the same time, I love it. And, and it was a lot of fun. And it's funny that yeah. you and I never crossed paths because at the same time, about 2005, we were both doing sketch comedy shows and doing hip hop. Uh, yeah. I've been, you know, I, I told you yesterday, we were talking off air about a sketch comedy show that was the brainchild of Billy D Bill Dieball, uh, called hot sack that we made. And it's, yeah. it's tough to get it online because a lot of it's copywritten stuff because we like, we would use like, you know, little clips of like Richard Simmons and then it would cut to something else, kind of like a robot chicken or something. I don't know, just, just yeah. random, random stuff. And it, it was a lot of fun. Our, t- our yeah, show yeah. was called hot sack. Hot and, sack. Uh, it's not as dirty as it sounds. It started, we were walking, to Albert, <laughs> we were trying to come up with a name and uh-huh. we were walking to Albertson's and Billy got some chicken, like a bag of chicken, chicken wings. Yeah. And the bag said, caution, hot sack. And he's like, that's it. And so I'll, I'll see <laughs> if I can winner. get those. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll see if I can get those up now. You know, we're going to get out of here. Uh, Samson, Ray, Simon, uh, yeah. you know, you had talked about your music and you chose a song where we always like to end each episode with a song by a local artist. You know, even though you live in Houston, you're always going to be somebody that has a presence in Eugene, Oregon. I know a lot of your friend group Thank you. is based in Eugene, Oregon. And so I, I made an exception to have you on for this episode because I think you're probably doing more work creatively in Eugene virtually <laughs> than you are in Houston. It seems like. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. I so, mean, tell uh, me- you know, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I will be back uh, soon to uh, pick up uh, another project there, which I don't know if I'm legally, like, contractually allowed to talk about, but I will be back soon, and I'm sure I'll do casting calls for that as well. Nice. So, you know, tell me about the song. We're going to end this with a song. This song is called The Plot. Tell me about that. Uh, There is elements of this film which have to do with scam artists and scamming, and uh, 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 you know, um, this song is about there, there, there is a in the film, there is a scam school, a scam artist school that takes place. And I asked myself, what if the film was just strictly about those characters and not about the three guys that are trying to pay rent? And what would that be like? And so that's what this song is. It's about the scammers and the scam artist school within the film. It's a babushka doll of sure like i got you yeah so i appreciate you coming on you know one of the reasons that i started this show and it and it it, there's always going to be near and dear to my heart a a connection to the hip-hop world ender one was my first guest and he just dropped nice a new single uh tired that's just crushing and you know that's about covid uh one of the reasons i started the show was to do stories of the underrepresented and so people like yourself are always welcome on my show people that uh you, as you can tell by talking to you, as I can tell by talking to you, you're super passionate about the creative work that you do and mm. haven't had that big break yet, but you have a story still and you've put a lot of work into it for decades. And so uh, I want you to know that, that, that I think what you do is awesome and to, to keep Thank it you, up sir. and to, and to try to find, to dig deep, to find that, that, you know, fire inside. I know that with Joey Helpish, uh, his slogan for COVID and just in general has been just make something terrible today. Just do it. Just make something bad. And then I like that. And then keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And then one day, you know, you'll you'll be like, I'm actually getting kind of good at this, you know? And so mm. it improves. And so for any artist out there 
whether it's just picking up a pen and a paper and just wanting to draw something like just do it don't tell yourself i can't do it just do it and then who cares if it's good just enjoy the process you know so you on that so amen to that i i, I dig that yeah I like that so, message. samson ray simon thank you very much for doing this thank uh, you patty you're very welcome it. and this is the song by samson ray simon called the plot it's me, it's the man, it's the man with the plan, it's the man with the scam, you know. It's us, it's the team, it's the team with the scheme, it's the scheme on the scene, let's go. It's the scam, it's the scheme, it's the sham, it's the plot, till we get to the top, cause we not getting caught. We dip out the spot when we see it's the cops, it's the scam, it's the scheme, it's the sham, it's the plot. It's the scam, it's the scheme, it's the sham, it's the plot, till we get to the top, cause we not getting caught. We dip out the spot when we see it's the cops, it's the scam, it's the scheme, it's the sham, it's the plot. It's the jam with the scam with the debit, credit, card, hard, flip it. Get it. The bank know they missed it, but they don't know the specifics. We seen it on the news, on the TV, said we left it. This ain't the first occurrence that we scammed them with insurance. You think they would've learned, cause we never had no permits. We churning out the money, but we never had to earn it. They almost found our counterfeits, we burned them in the furnace. The plan started off with a pyramid scheme, then we got a little cream, and we stacked up the team. Now we say we tax collection when they sell phone ring. It's a racket, we gon' jack it till they hit us with we ripping off anyone, son, that's the basis Give the middleman some powder, and he thought we laced it To f*** about before the drug dealer taste it We shaking fake, we flipping fake bricks in the base It's the scam, it's the scheme, it's the sham, it's the plot Till we get to the top, cause we not getting caught We dip out the spot, when we see it's the cops It's the scam, it's the scheme, it's the sham, it's the plot It's the scam, it's the scheme, it's the sham, it's the plot Till we get to the top, cause we not getting caught we dip out the spot when we see it's the cops It's the scam, it's the scheme, it's the sham, it's the plot We was acting up fools since the scam art of school But we knew all the rules and we had all the tools Started off picking pockets, moved on to the jewels Thought we was invincible, acting so cool We cheated and we lied, we were tried, we were tested At it so long, we thought we'd never get bested My crew got popped from some fraudulent investments Inside of trading, that's when they got arrested If I'm going solo, I'ma still make it ill I'ma forge a prescription, get a fill on some pills Then buy a plane ticket with my counterfeit bills Got some kidneys on chill, I can sell in Brazil Stacking cash up too fast, the pigs was on my ass off in her pull outside, that's when I took a bath The CIA was knocking, all they heard was me laugh Before I put the gun up to my head and let it blast